Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I am ready and willing to receive and act as an earth angel. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. Jane's got a husky, sexy voice today. Oh, I have. It's <laughs> called releasing stuff. <laughs> We've all been there. It's, it's, it's fine. So she's not too bad. She's not, she's not snorting and shuffling and snotting. It's, <laughs> Yet. It's just a lower register. Um, we want to talk about a really cool topic today. Earth angels. You guys are going to love this topic. We want to talk about it in terms of, um, well, first of all, we're going to describe what we mean by earth angel. And maybe I'll, I'll give some, something of an explanation for that now but we also want you guys today to not think about this topic and necessarily always in terms of those outside of yourself other people or other entities being earth angels but how you yourself can also be an earth angel or a messenger here on earth so in its simplest term jane and i feel that an earth angel is when in those bizarre moments in life you could call them coincidences you could call it something really weird or a bit out of the ordinary or when the stars align or even a miracle when you really need something or you need maybe it's advice maybe it's actually a thing a flower a a pick-me-up a message of hope maybe it's a protection it's just something is needed and in in that moment someone often someone you've never met before or someone you haven't seen for a really long time who shows up bizarrely at that exact moment does so. They show up and they give you exactly what you need and want, often to disappear again, almost like they were never there. And I I can just almost feel, as people are listening to this, they're already getting the tingles, because everyone's already thinking of times in their life when those weird occurrences have happened. And I've got some stories to share. Have you got some stories like that, Jane? Synchronicities. Oh, I love synchronicity. I reckon that's the best thing out. Yeah. Gets very excited by that. So we'll tell some of those stories today about times when earth angels have literally shown up. But like I said, we also want to talk about the deeper meaning of what is going on with the concept of an earth angel. What is happening there? Are they a real person? Are they actually an angel? In I mean, are they just an angel coming through? Um, and how can you be open to receive divine will and be a messenger here on earth and actually help others as well in that angelic energy when needed? This idea started when Beck and I were talking about the beautiful Sarah who helps us with the uh, Gold Coast show. And I went, oh, she's such a little earth angel. And then I thought, you know, back in my day when I had a dance school, back in the dark ages, it fascinated me how I networked with a lot of other people that owned dance schools as well. And every one of us had that, at least that one person that was a beautiful, usually mother, could be father, who was a parent of one of the students that would put their hand up and they would offer to do things for you, whether it was, you know, I'll stitch all those those costumes or I'll do the lighting or let's fundraise for that prop that you want for that end of year concert thing and I'll get that all happening and bake the cakes. And as studio owners, it fascinated us how every school had at least one. And it's like there's some sort of universal cosmic magic dust being sprinkled that makes sure that every dance school has one. And then I thought it's not just dance schools, it's every sporting team, it's every organisation, it's everywhere. It just seems that these beautiful people that I think is another version of Earth Angel appear in even distribution in every arena where support 
is needed. Mm. I just think that's so magical. Yeah, yeah, those people are very special. And we did a show ages ago, Jane, that I think actually blends into that, which is when we talked about people who lead very quiet, unassuming lives and what their gifts might be, like the, the ordinary little old lady that just waters the garden and might walk your dog for you if you go away on holidays, and how those people are actually the glue that sticks society together, aren't they? They are. And we take them for granted and we don't necessarily think sometimes those people are very special or she's just a stay-at-home mum or she's just a little old retiree or she's just somebody's grandma who's been widowed for 30 years. But often they are doing so much unseen work in the community that literally if it weren't for them, none of us would be here. Mm. It's like it's like how, you know, they say there's billions of insects in the earth and we don't even notice them. But if you were to take all the insects away, humans would die because they're doing so much work all the time that we just aren't even aware of to keep the entire ecosystem in one piece. I remember seeing what some Facebook post, you know, the source of great information, that said something along the lines of if all of humans die, insects live on. If all of insects die, humans die. Humans don't live on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's right. Yeah, I probably worded that wrong, but you get the idea. Yes. Look, I think there's also perception around this. It's like now that we're having this conversation, I think that those that are listening will suddenly start being more consciously aware of these beautiful angels around the place. Yeah. And with awareness comes a greater abundance of them in your life. So the beauty of this is that it's going to be multi-layered. So I started with the dance school going, isn't that gorgeous? And then I realized they're everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And... And you can call them in. You have the power to call them when you need help. You know, this could be, for example, you are eight hours from civilization on a long desert track in outback Australia and you're heading to the next destination and just before nightfall you get a flat tyre and then the CB radio has gone flat. Or, you know, it could be really extreme examples. Well, it could be. It could be that you're sharing an apartment at the Gold Coast with your Love Life co-host who chooses to go for a massage and doesn't take the keys to the apartment. <laughs> and that's all fine. I've gone to sleep and suddenly bolt, sat bolt upright with a message from Beck. And I went, she hasn't got her keys. The message, by the way. She J- can't get in. Jane's not talking about fl- a phone message. No. She didn't have her phone. She didn't have anything. I sat bolt up because the idea was that she'd come in and knock on the apartment door and I'd let her in. But no... There's an exterior door that admin, uh, the, the reception area had closed and you needed the key to get in. And I sat bolt upright in bed and thought, oh, my God, how long has Beck been outside for? So I flew down the stairs and out to the foyer. She was as calm as anything and just went, oh, good, you got my message. As calm as though, of course, I'm freaking out going, I thought you'd been out here for like an hour. And she said, uh, no, I've been here for about one minute and I just sent you a message. I knew you'd get it. Psychic message. Oh, it's amazing. I found that so incredibly validating. <laughs> and um, you're my earth angel, Jane. What can it we was say? Like, wow, it was incredible. So, yes, as Beck says, believe me, we do have the power to not just send the message. But hear the message. Mm, to call it forth. Call forth whatever you need in that moment. And I think, I'm going to tell a story in a second, but I, I think a couple of the times when earth angels appear are those moments when you literally send out a desperate cry of help or need or want to the universe. Um, you know, you, you, you're not even aware that you're talking to anyone or anything or appealing to any greater. You're just almost, just, you're feeling such a strong emotion. Like despair, isn't it? Real despair. Well, sometimes it could be, even be something like, oh my God, look at all those beautiful 
daffodils. I, I really need to remember to buy myself a bunch of daffodils. And the next thing you know, your colleague walks in and dumps them on your desk. You bought them at the markets two for one. You know, like it's that kind of, you send a, a strong vibrational message out and it comes back. Now, Earth Angel stories. Years ago in the, in the, in the noughties, like the early 2000s, when I was getting into a lot of those kind of misty, mauve-tinted, book-covered, angel type of books and, like, Hay House authors, and I was reading a lot of collections of angel stories and magical, mystical happenings, etc. Whenever you read books about people talking about angels, there's always a story in every volume which goes something like this. I was driving in a car late at night, or I was walking down a dark alleyway in an unfamiliar part of the city, when I noticed a thug, you know, tailgating me or coming up close behind me. But just when I started to get really terrified, he dropped away. And he actually just, it's like he was coming to attack me, but he changed his mind and just sort of meandered off or turned a corner or left. And later, somebody who happened to be a witness to the event said, well, yeah, because you had that really huge, big, tall Maori bouncer guy walking next to you. And, and, the, and the woman will say, I didn't have anyone next to me. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be, there were two of them on either side of you or in the back of the car or in the passenger seat. And it's that idea that protective angels can show up in these amazing, extraordinary circumstances. Now, I'm going to tell a story which illustrates to me beautifully the earth angel many, many, many years ago, this is probably about 2002, I had a friend come visit me in Sydney. So she came out from Adelaide to visit me. And we went to town for the night because we were young. So we went out to town and we got, I didn't have a car. And so I had to catch trains everywhere. So that meant we were catching the last train of the night, which is like one or two o'clock in the morning. So we get down to the big deserted underground subway. Pretty scary. I mean, there was a very few people around. There was, you know, like a homeless man over here and it was all that dim, sickly, pale yellow lighting. And it was, it was pretty deserted. It was a bit freaky. And so for some reason, the ticket machines weren't working or my ticket wasn't working. And we had to catch this train because I lived like 45 minutes out of the city and it was like the last train of the night. We were broke. So I just said to her, look, let's just jump over the, um, the rotating, what are those click, click, click things? Turn table, turn, turn, turn style. style. Right. I said, so I just, I leaped over it because I'm a gazelle. I've got long legs. She, she's a little Vietnamese girl, a bit shorter than me. And she probably had platforms or high heels on. And her, her heel got clipped on the turnstile and she went face down on the tiles of the subway, Ooh. blood everywhere. Like she smashed her jaw under her chin, her teeth, right? And we are in the middle of this. And all I could think was, what do I do? Oh my God, we need like even just tissues. I had nothing but a little tiny, you know, little pocket purse on me. And out of nowhere, a pleasant, beautiful young man, you know, not a scary kind of person or a creepy old guy, just a really well-presented young guy in his 20s appeared holding handfuls of white paper napkins, just handfuls of them. And we mopped her up and she was really shaken as happens in those circumstances. And she needed to clean herself off. Now the toilets at that time of night in a train station, you really don't want to go in them. He took her in, like he escorted her in, I think even to the male toilet, but he stayed with her like a protector until she had finished using the taps and cleaned herself off and got herself back, pulled back together. And then we came back out and I could not tell you what happened to him or where he went. I don't know where he went. Well, I don't even remember thanking him. I hope we thanked him, but we were so overcome by this sudden shocking accident that had just happened and blood and everything. And he was gone. And I'll never forget him because was he real or was he not real? I don't know. 
I don't doesn't know. Matter, it does doesn't it? matter. And there was a, so beautiful though. It's a cool story, and it gives me goosebumps even now to still think about it. And there's only one other time I can think of which was a lot more real than that because that was a very surreal, you know, situation. But about a year ago, again, it's always on the creepy cold winter night. No one was around. It was late at night. I was out with a friend. We were actually on one of the most populated streets in Adelaide, but because it was such a cold, late, dark winter night, nobody was out. And we're wandering along this street under the street lamps, very deserted. And I see something up ahead of me on the corner, on the pavement. And as we approach, there is a female, a girl, probably about 21, 22, just lying there, just lying on the ground. And I'm just thinking, where are your friends? I mean, who has left you or let you be like this? Obviously, if you're paralytic or taking drugs or over, who's just left you here? Anyway, so that's the first question. No, but she may have had an argument and left herself. Maybe. We don't know. You know, taking herself there. So my friend and I are standing there looking at her, and I'm thinking, I mean, neither of us are paramedics or not have any medical knowledge whatsoever. And so we're looking around like, what even premises are open for us to go in and try and, you know, get them to call a police or a paramedic? Or... And all of a sudden, it was like angels just came flooding to the scene from every direction. From across the street came a guy from the pub who'd seen the whole thing. From another part of the street came a man who knelt down and and worked with, I don't know, counselling or trauma and knew how to speak to her and was like respectively, respectfully pulling her skirt down and making sure that she was in a respectful position. From the next corner came a nurse who just knocked off her shift from the local hospital. And this girl on the pavement was surrounded by four earth angels. And my friend and I, I mean, we weren't particularly medically helpful but we were spiritual and we were holding down the the, the energy the, the moral corner and the energy yes and we would have done whatever it took obviously to get her help but it turns out just maybe our vibrational cry for help brought in the ranks well as an empath i'm going to tell you about the other side of it okay empaths get called to action all the time just happen to look that way and see something out the corner of your eye and there it is, which, you know, 100 people walking past wouldn't look out the corner of their eye. Yeah. So I'm going to take a, a bet that of those, a lot of them would be empaths as well. And, um, and so I've been called to action in this where by the time I was, how old, 21, I'd seen three dead bodies. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah including out. a murder. Yeah, yeah. In, in yeah, not, I know. It's weird, isn't it? It sounds life. like, you know, no, no, no. Oh, well, well, the first, yeah. So the first one was a drowning at Glenelg. Um, the second one was a heroin overdose at my back door of an apartment that I had. And the third one was, um, yes, it was, well, it was a, a pub. My boyfriend's band was playing and um, there was an argument and in the audience and the, I thought it was the road crew had got into an argument, so I went outside just in time to see this guy stab this man okay. three times. And um, I've also been um, the first on the scene for accidents, like a motorbike that went under, you know, those protective barriers that you have in country roads? Yeah. Slid underneath it and got stuck halfway with his stomach. Um, I've been around a lot of... I'm, I'm the first when there's nasty accidents of lots of blood and gush and whatever. And I'm not a nurse. I don't have any medical training at all. What I do have is a, an ability in a very heightened, so which is kind of the flip side of an empath. When everyone's emotions are going off in fear, I actually 
have an ability to actually block all that out and just stay in love, like stay in real calmness. And I'm fabulous in a crisis. The second the crisis is over, I'm a wreck. Or has been dealt with. Uh, has been dealt with. Sufficiently, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Where it's handed over to others who are more mm. qualified to then, you know, take on what needs to be done, then I'm a wreck. Mm. But I can hold that point. And it, but, but I find it interesting, you know, this is coming back to Beck calling to me in my sleep to come and let her in the apartment. Um, it seems to just be an antenna that's there. Mm. And I wanted to share this because I think a lot, if not all, of our Love Life listeners yeah. have this ability to be able to be receptive to that. We are giving you permission. I've got to tell three more and I'm not going to go. Oh, no, that's okay. You can. Stories. You can. We still, yeah, yeah, yeah we, got, we got time. Oh, I have to tell three. Oh, this is just rem- reminding me of so many She's things. She's getting excited. This is cute. And I hope in the, in the telling of these, I'll help people think about this topic in lots of different ways. So the first story is like what Jane just said about how empaths will pick up things that the ordinary people won't. So, case in point, my girlfriend is in a nightclub. A a weird guy starts talking to her and buys her a drink. She doesn't know it, but her drink has been drugged by this man. It's a nightclub, loud music, flashing lights, lots of people, nobody paying any attention, nobody cares. And yet, across the room, one guy was watching her because the hairs had gone up on the back of his neck and he knew... Something in that dynamic across there over the bar between that girl and that guy was not normal. And he was earth angel enough to actually investigate, to actually intervene and actually rescue her and take her to a safer second location. So she was saved that night. What's really important for the empath to understand here is that it's one thing to have a feeling, but it takes a whole other set of, of, of skills and tools to be courageous enough to act on it. Mm. Because you can look like, a dick. Yeah, well, he quite came, easily. He came up to her and he just said, "Look, are you something like is everything all right? Are you okay or comfortable talking to that man?" And she by that point was quite drugged and didn't know how much time had passed or anything, but she just said, "No, get me out of here." And there it was. So, he approached her, I thought in quite a sensitive way, like he just yeah. checked um, yeah. first. Well, I always remember my mum saying because I, I I regularly do this work. So to drive from my office to my home is I go down a highway that's a six-lane highway. And so there's often drunk people walking across it or there's animals that are stuck in the middle of traffic, etc. And I have no hesitation or elderly people or people with dementia or I have no issue at all in pulling over and just helping them off the road. I've done it all my life, much to my mother's horror. And she's always saying, Jane, I know I'm going to get a phone call one day and I'm going to be told that you've been murdered in the side of the street helping someone. No. I have zero reaction to that. Zero. It's just not in my vibration. It's just not but there. But that's not... You're coming to it from a particular vibrational exactly. intent. Exactly. That's You're not right. going to get murdered. You are so protected when you when you commit to being of service. You're offering this. Good. It is service. incredibly protected. And as Beck said, you know, she's gone down to the girl that, that's lying in the street. There's nobody around. It's a dark, cold night. And suddenly four amazing people all turn up. Well, the same happens when I rescued a koala. Now, for our overseas listeners, koalas are not cute little, or they are cute, but they're not cuddly things. They're ferocious and their claws can tread you to death quite easily. So they can be very, very aggressive. And I had a three foot male, which is very scary Mm. in the middle of Anzac Highway during a drought. And he was trying to find his, the special brand of eucalyptus leaves. And so I, um, 
I stopped the car and just shoot him off the road and he went up a tree, but we couldn't leave him there because he's still on the side of the road. Along comes the earth angel, a guy who who was jogging. This was one o'clock in the morning and he said, I don't normally jog at this time. There you have it. I just went out for a jog. So you will get those messages and you won't be alone. Or it'll be a simple act of somebody's drunk, you pull them off the road, they lie down, they're on, they're off in safety, that's fine. Yeah. You let them go. They're not going to get run over. You don't need anyone's assistance. But if it's greater, the assistance will come. As you start to do these little actions where you start to feel the call and you just do it. What, what I found happened when I first started choosing, deliberately choosing to be that person that I want. You know, if I'm in trouble, I want somebody to be that person. Mm. And I thought, well, then I have to be that person. Mm. So when I first started doing it, it's like I'd walk past and I'd see two people arguing and I'd look and I'd look away and I'd keep walking. And then I'd turn around. So I kind of had to second guess myself. I didn't, it wasn't a natural instinct because I had to learn to trust that. So then I'd turn around and I'd just watch for a while. And then I'd go up and just say, you guys, okay, do you need a hand? Um, and they either come right down just by your presence or, mm. or something happens. So you might have to test and measure a little bit till you get your confidence. Now, Beck's got two more stories. I've got so many. But so yesterday I was talking to a friend who she fled an abusive marriage seven years ago, highly domestically violent. And this man has never left her alone. He still stalks her to this day, her and her daughter. And even will come right up to them and stick his face in their face in a shop or in a, you know, outside the school or the, the car, car park. And, and so he kind of comes and goes. There'll be times he's not there and then there'll be times he comes back again. Now, he came back again this week and she and the daughter were beside themselves. And that very afternoon, a woman came into her shop who has not been there, who has not been a customer for half a decade. And this woman came back in. She was like, oh, look, I, um, something, you know, I just felt like I needed to come back and see you again. And, of course, this woman, it turns out, works for a prof- some brand new protective services agency that's just been set up with new restraining order laws to help protect women just like my friend. And they're Fantastic. And exchange the phone number. There's the conversation. It's now being carried out. So I love it's it. It's amazing. You know, I was in but a- remembering that that woman just listened to her intuition and she had to be bold. She had to walk in a shop and risk looking like or having somebody perceive her as a bit of a fool or a silly billy or Intervening whatever. Or- yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and so she had to be bold enough to say, look, I just got a feeling I have to come in here. Yeah. And see where that leads. The worst that happens is initially you might feel a bit embarrassed, but later on, if you get it wrong a few times, it doesn't matter. It's about those moments that you get it right and you can't let the fear of a bit of embarrassment stop you from following what what is your intuition because you never know how it's going to work out. Well, I think people are always generally pretty receptive to if, if you're coming with a very well-meaning intent of just wanting to help or check in. I mean, who could you'd have to be a bitch to have a problem with that, surely. Well, think. no, I've been abused when there was a couple because, you know, having worked in nightclubs and stuff, it was this... I don't know whether this is so much empath or call to, call to action or rather just me knowing the arena. But I remember a couple having a big fight. He was so dominating her. I just went up and said, you guys okay? And I was more looking at her but trying to engage him to calm down. And I got a mouthful of abuse and, you know, but in the end we got her away from him. Well, that's the main So, thing. you know, you, you, got, you, you do have – not everybody's going to be, oh, aren't you so lovely? Mm-hmm. You know, the bolder you get, mm. you're not going to get, aren't you so lovely? But you True. will from 
others. So I love that you brought up koalas because this is, I've got a story now about how the earth angel thing can be switched around and doesn't necessarily have to be between humans. It can be between us and the animals as well. So one of my neighbours up in the Adelaide Hills is with an animal rescue group and it's her job to basically rescue and rehabilitate injured or whatever, like koalas that have come. Oh, beautiful. Now, but not in just an ordinary old sense. This has been... She's, she's a koala whisperer. She, this has been the story of her life, her whole life. Koalas who've been hit by cars, lost babies, bleeding, whatever's wrong with them, they literally come and find her. She gets them at her back door clawing for her. She gets them coming up and reaching up their arms, like, like to be cuddled by her, to crawl into her arms. And re- She's had them crawl into her arms to die with her. It's wow. incredible. So she has a very deep... That's unusual because animals normally go away in isolation to die. they're wild animals. Yeah, yeah. But she has a very deep telepathic connection with these creatures and wherever she is they will literally come and find her house in the hills and present to her there. I mean, she gets them through the animal rescue group but she also, she says, I can, she says, I can hear them, Rebecca. They're calling me. She says, I'll be driving up and down the roads looking for it because I know it's out there and it's telling me it needs me and I'm trying to find it because it's been hit by a car. It's off the side of the road somewhere. It's amazing and she does find them and she's got such respect for them she says you know there's this one koala for example that lived in a gum tree on a really busy corner in the hills and she said other people when they rehabilitated that you know that koala would, would want to go put him back out in the wild to keep him safe but she says you have to respect where they choose to be because it's for energetic ley line and grid reasons they oh. they know where they need to be so she said i put him right back in that tree because he wanted to live there for a few more years right. so it's just fascinating isn't it it is so actually you know when i rescued that koala that night i um I did Reiki on it. I was so, well, whatever, uh, Reiki, whatever. Uh, rub your hands together, call in your team, get your t- fingers tingling, hold it around the animal, and then I just projected my intent of love. Mm. I said, you are safe, don't be scared, all is well. You are safe, don't be scared, all is well. And I kept telepathically just pumping that through the animal. It come right down. And then when the guy came along, the jogger, who had this big cage that he could put it in, happened to have... What's the chances? Here we go. Synchronicity. The jogger goes past, has a 12-foot aviary. Of course he does. That he had just cleaned out that day that was empty, and we could put it in there until we could ring Wildlife Rescue to come and look after the animal and take it to a safer arena. However, when the guy came up, the animal got distressed. When I came up, the animal calmed down. Mm. Anybody can do it. You needed the right. And then I got brave. Then I got brave, though, and I said to the guy, "Look, you're probably not into this. I'm just doing a bit of weird stuff, and you know, pumping the energy full of love. So it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. But look, it's calming him down, and he's happy." Yeah, that was that. But that koala did need the pair of you to offer both. Oh of those, yes, absolutely. Both of those energies. I, I couldn't have dealt with that by myself. <sighs> couldn't put him in the car. This topic makes me feel all warm and gooey and fuzzy inside. And you know what? I could talk forever more about it. But I mean, we need to almost wrap to an end. But Actually, you know what? I'd love. I'd love to hear our listener stories. Well, let's open it up to the private Facebook group, guys. After this yes. episode, jump online and continue the discussion after the show because we want to hear your real life stories. Because about... it's so uplifting and motivational, mm, isn't it? Earth Angel stories, and it reminds us to step up as well as to be in a place of receiving. Yeah, and it's the receiving that I guess it would be a nice place to, to wrap up on and finish up on today, which is just just remember 
like Jane was sort of touched on before, there will be some times in your life at a really weird or odd moment or place that you'll feel an impulse to go and do something, say something, leave something, whatever it is. And your first reaction, this is the same as when you get psychic messages, because it is a psychic message. Your first reaction is going to be, don't be silly. Don't be ridiculous. You'll look stupid. Don't offend them. Don't get in the way. Don't do that thing that you're feeling called to do. Often, People will say, though, I, I couldn't help myself. I was so deeply, nothing could have gotten in my way. I just found my feet walking in that direction. I found my hand picking up the phone or I found the words coming out of my mouth. You know, the, 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 if, it's, if it's divinely led, the angels are not really going to let anything get in the way of that service being delivered. So open yourself up to being an instrument of God. Open yourself up. Give yourself full permission to be on beck and call with the universe. And in fact, if you've ever got a free afternoon where you're just kind of just spending the time in a leisurely way, you could always say, how can I be of service to you today, universe? When I go down to the shops or when I'm at the library or in the garden centre or wherever you're going to be, childcare, whatever it is, just say, how could I be of extra service today? Use me as your instrument. Speak through me and channel through to me what you need me to do here on earth as your humble servant. That's that's a bit beautiful. Sounds a bit religious, actually. Humble servant. But you know what I mean. Well, I I am of service. It is about service. And that is the key word. It is about being of divine service. Hmm. Beautiful, Absolutely gorgeous. I am ready and willing to receive and act as an earth angel. Thank you so much for listening today. As we said, please jump onto our Facebook page. Which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. And yeah, you, and then a, you can there's a link there yeah. that will invite you. You can click on and put in um, what is it? A, a request to join our private group, which is Love Life Tribe, and get chatting and share the conversation or continue the conversation there. Mm, beautiful. And if you want any uh, to hear any shows that we've previously recorded, just go to lovelifeshow.com, our official website, and of course you can find Jane and I there for any counselling, life coaching, psychic sort of services there as well. So until this time next week, have fun thinking and re-remembering up your own Earth Angel stories, but also open yourself up to the possibility that you too are. An angel here on earth. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.